0: On this episode of the podcast, I'm joined by Dakshima, a former lawyer from Sri Lanka who immigrated to Canada and founded Dilipini, an organization that helps people from the LGBTQ2S plus community come out to their family. We dive into Dakshima's personal story of coming out to her own family, how she used to live two separate lives in her home country of Sri Lanka, as being gay was still illegal, and her struggles with mental health throughout the whole process. We discuss her journey of being able to truly embrace herself and who she is. I hope you enjoy. Hi everyone, welcome to Journey29. Today I have Dakshima on the podcast and um, Dakshima reached out to me and I did a little bit of research on her and looked like she was doing some amazing things and it's a conversation I've been excited to have. Uh, we touched base yesterday to kind of give us a chance to meet each other um, and yeah I've been excited for this conversation ever since. So welcome to the podcast i'm excited for you to be here um yeah and i'm excited to get into whatever we get into
1: oh, thank you so much for uh, inviting me i'm really excited to be here and you know have a chat and you know how i can support people who are listening you know wanting to know more so yeah i'm very excited to be here it's a privilege to be here
0: Thank you so much. And to start off here, I would love to hear just a little bit more um, about your story. So if you can just kind of give people a quick rundown of, um, you know, basically everything up to this point, Uh, you know, going as far back to where you grew up, like what you were like as a kid, um, all the way up to what you're doing now um, and what brings you here today.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I'm from Sri Lanka. I'm a South Asian woman. Uh, I identify myself as a lesbian. I belong to the queer community. Uh, my home country is Sri Lanka. Uh, I used to be a lawyer back home. Uh, it was a really good life I had, uh, except the fact that I was living in a closet. Um, my childhood was great. I, ha- I have such amazing parents. Uh, we had a good good life, I would say. Uh, but I always uh, realized that there's something different about me. I mean, when uh, my friends who were girls, uh, when I was young, they were playing with dolls or so other girls. I played with boys and I played cricket. So I, I was just the odd child. I was very social. I was talking to kids and I was a very like sociable person. But I, I, I knew I was different, but I couldn't really pinpoint what was what. Uh, and I, when I grew older, I realized that I'm attracted to women, but I'm like, what's, what is this? Because I don't know whether you know, Jared, that uh, in Sri Lanka, if you, if you are um, gay and, you know, doing uh, that sort of like, you know, kissing a woman or whatever, those uh, sort of like the normal things that we do in the West, uh, you basically go to jail. The, in the criminal code, it, it stated that it's called unnatural acts. Uh, you basically go to jail for 10 years.
0: Wow.
1: So I didn't know that till I was a lawyer. I mean, like, you don't, it's not like public knowledge because nobody really talk about those things. Uh, it's such a taboo in the society. And uh, I grew up in like a normal household where, you know, uh, people consider like heterosexuality is a no, normal normal life. You know, my parents and my, my uncle's aunts, you know, my grandparents, everybody, you know, looked at it in that way, like, You are a girl, uh, so you go to school, uh, and then you get good education, and then you find a man and marry and have kids, and grandkids, you know, and so so on and so forth. That's the expectation. um, My parents were not like pushing uh, me towards that, but that was the expectation. Uh, Yeah, it was, was when I was realizing there's something uh, weird about me, (laughs) I thought, because everybody's like having boyfriends at the age of like sixteen or something, and I was like, I didn't have any, and um, yeah, I was thinking something's wrong with me, yeah. and there's no place to check check that out. Like, uh, I mean, there was the internet and all that, but you don't really go online and check those things. It's not a thing, uh, and I was yeah, I thought i told them there's something. Honestly, I, I thought I was there's something wrong with me. Yeah, it's my childhood. Uh, yeah, it's, it's sad to think uh, back. Uh, yeah, things would have been, I guess, I don't know uh, what I would do if I knew I was, I was a lesbian at that time, really. But when I, I went to all girls schools, uh, girl, girls schools, so it's all girls. And um, one day, my best friend just kissed me out of nowhere. I was just, uh, she just broke up with her boyfriend and she, I was just comforting her and she just kissed me. I'm like, what? are you doing and and I felt like right at that time and that was the first time there was 15 and yeah. and that was that was the first experience that I had and I'm like this is nice uh but we had to like hide from everybody uh, you know can't really hold hands or anything it's just girls everywhere just looking at you as if you are like a weirdo yeah yeah, it was it was not easy. People were like bullying me, and I didn't even know because I was a bit like a tomboyish. Yeah. at that time and you know, girls are like long hair and you know, like nice, you know, like plates and all that. And I'm like this short-haired girl, just 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 living my life, and uh, I felt odd always. I felt the odd person, and girls were talking behind my back. You know, you know, high school girls. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about boys but mostly I've heard like even in in in, in western world it's they having the trouble yeah uh, figuring out who they are so I was being bullied I didn't even know um right now I'm uh, in the middle of like a anti-bullying initiative with my, the ages that I'm working so I'm studying and researching these things and I'm like I'll been bullied like big yeah. time yeah. and it's sad that I didn't even know that I was being bullied for sure uh,
0: um yeah. you know that thanks for sharing that first of all i mean it's it's a powerful story and it's a story that you know not many people i think will truly understand you can have empathy for it you can have sympathy for it but it is a completely different experience when you're the one going through it Mm -hmm. and you know i'm curious because for myself like one of the hardest things is that feeling alone right feeling like you're different feeling like nobody else goes through these things feeling like you know that isolation and i'm curious because you used a lot of words that you know make a lot of sense of you know Mm -hmm. i'm weird i'm different i'm you know there's something wrong with me whatever those feelings were do you know where the switch was of accepting Of like no this is who I am this is truly who I am or it's not weird this is like this is truly who I am this is what I'm supposed to be doing Um, did you feel that switch was it a specific moment or did it kind of gradually um, you know come about over the course of your life
1: it took me so long to have that switch I was at one point of my life, I thought, okay, this is weird, but I'm going to marry a man. I'm going to have kids and everything's going to go away. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I I didn't know anything better. I didn't know there was something. I didn't even think at that moment that I'll go away from my country, immigrate to some other country and live there and find out who I am. Yeah. I didn't think about it. I thought, okay, I'm going to conform and I'm going to, be that like other girls uh, and i thought this feeling would go away so this was this was cool then i went to university when i found another girl uh, who was my good friend and then she kissed me like yeah all like bisexual girls that now i come to think of it like they're like experimenting with this tomboy's looking girl yeah. and i really realized that and then i'm like okay so this keep happening to me like why is this keep happening to me how can i run away from this yeah to like marry somebody and just this curse i thought it's a curse of some sort that would go away from me um she left me too she was my good friend then she stopped talking to me at one point and then she the next day i saw her with a boy yeah and i'm like okay like really this is like okay now you sort of use me to like experiment right Then I become a lawyer and I'm like, okay, this is it. Like, I can't be like really, you know, do this anymore. I had to really be serious about my life. This is a professional person now, right? So I I can't just fool around. Uh, That's what I thought about it myself, honestly. And I went to the courthouse and um, there was this woman who I later heard that there was like a rumor about me. that you know i'm into girls and all that i don't know how they knew or anything i it was not like nobody knew honestly yeah uh and then she approached me uh she was a married person uh but she i think she's she's um, she had previous experiences and relationships in the past and that was uh, it and then we sort of started a relationship and that was the reason i uh, thought of Uh, going away from my country, then I realized that I cannot be in in Sri Lanka and have a relationship with somebody else. Yeah. Uh, So obviously I knew, okay, there's no way that I'll be with a man in my life. Yeah. Uh, But I had really go away from the country. Yeah. That was like a beginning of finding my switch, I would say.
0: And then was it being away from, you know, the you know, quite literally it being illegal and, you know, the, you know, there, there still is a lot of stigma around it, you know, even in, in Calgary here for sure. Uh, Was it more of just that freedom? Was it the fresh start? Do you think, Um, you know, like what, what was it that really allowed you to step, you know, step further down that path um, when you came here?
1: I thought this is it. I'm gonna, be with this person uh but i didn't want to break her family so i I was like okay i'm gonna go first then you can come with your family then i i can see you i can be in a place of freedom and you can still be with your family but i'll i'll have you at to some extent that's what i thought uh the concept of um sharing was like brutal
0: yeah
1: you know in the we couldn't like be ourselves I couldn't hold hands or anything I couldn't do these normal things that couples do it's just always from a distance always from an outside perspective I was always a footnote in yeah. everybody's story yeah uh, I was never the story I was never the main character I was never uh, you know I was I don't believe in this princess and knight thing but I'm like I was never somebody who need to be saved I always was an outsider everywhere Throughout my my life, uh, yeah, Calgary was just a random choice, and I thought, okay, I'm gonna go there because I'm young and I have the education, and I I can go and make it. And then, I mean, I love my parents to death, and I just thought, okay, this I want to live my life. I I I never even thought about the repercussions or what's gonna happen after that. Uh, nothing. I just applied to uh, for the permanent residency and i got the permanent residence, then i i i booked the plane ticket yeah.
0: yeah that's you know that's really interesting talking about you know not being the main character in your story and it's interesting because it's it's something that i had to work through a lot so for on my side you know i felt i wasn't worthy to be that main character i didn't have enough to offer to be that main character in my own story and that is what stopped me And that is what led to me shrinking myself and living for other people because I did not have that self-worth to step into that main character role where, you know, it's my belief that everybody is the main character of their own life. There's no requirement for what you have to do or say, or be like, or look like to be that main character. And for me, it was very much an internal game. And I'm curious, how you think about that and how you think about um you know does that resonate at all did it feel different for you uh, but that that stepping into no I am the main character I deserve to be the main character in my own story I don't want to be a footnote anymore I don't want to be an outsider
1: it took m- more time <laughs> to realize that by I I went there at some point of my life but uh so by this time, I was with this person for like five, six years. So it was like a lot of time to, uh, from your life to be dedicated to somebody else. And still, as you said, I'm not the main character, right? So uh, then I came to Canada and everything was different here. You have to be, look out for yourselves. There's nobody to like hold hands or like say, which is going to be all right. Like I remember crying at North Hill Mall, like me love North Hill Mall. Because I just broke down one day, just I was crying because I'm like, "What am I doing here?" Yeah. Went to university um, to do law, and they're like, "You had to go back to school from the start." And I'm like, "What?" I because I was so like wanted to get out. I didn't really did my research, which is very unlikely of me because I always when it comes to my life, I always make sure that I I'm in a safer place. But uh, I mean, they say love is blind, which I'm literally the example of that. It is blind. Yeah and long distance never worked by the way. So uh, So yeah, so I was crying in the middle of no-till mall uh, because I couldn't take it because I had to do like three jobs and now university doesn't work. and I have like limited money, like so expensive to live here. I had like twelve thousand dollars or something. Uh, My mother had to, I mean, my parents are government servants. My mother uh, is a retired teacher. My father is a retired uh, director of a ministry. Mm -hmm. don't have like excessive money to like spend. They gave uh, us a good education. I mean, they don't have like tons of money hidden in, you know, whatever Swiss accounts or something. So my mother had to go to the bank and pawn all her jewelries uh, to get me uh, out of the country because that's what I wanted and they're like okay if that's what you want not that they are accepting it on it not that they want me to do it because they love me and they want me to, me to be around them I and they're like if this is what you want this is what you you can have it and so obliterated that that's the money I, I have in the world now in Canada and I couldn't do law and I was studying law for years and practicing for myself for years and like you know, uh, so it was really tough, um and we had. I used to talk to my partner, ex ex girlfriend, I would say, and time difference, and she didn't know what I was doing here, and you know, like it's all the little little things. There's fights every day, a lot of abuse, yeah, a very toxic relationship. I mean, later I realized those. Those terms and everything i didn't really know i was in a toxic relationship i was mentally tired yeah really tired and and i'm still like okay she's like oh i had to hang up my pa- husband is coming home and i'm like oh, oh like who's gonna talk to me now i'm on my own this, this place yeah and that was really really terrible time i i don't wish it on anybody yeah uh, it's really you don't have some but like your support system is zero you don't have anybody yeah I was not out at that time, so I cannot just, my mother called me like twice a day, but I cannot really say, you know, this is happening and I'm really having a hard time. My mental health is going crazy. And, you know, so it was really a tough time to for me. How... The real question, I think I w- little, went a bit over, but. Uh...
0: No, that's okay. It was great. And, you know, I'm curious, you know, I think for a lot of people, different circumstances for sure, but feeling like they don't have that support system feeling like they're alone feeling like it's a lot they don't know who to lean on what did you do to find that support system what were kind of some of the steps like where was it friends that you made was it joining groups was it Um, you know, therapy, for for me, that's where a lot of it was. Like, for me, it started with seeing a therapist. For me, once I started doing that for a couple of years, truly opening up, then I joined, you know, a men's group where I was able to go in more of a group setting and, you know, talk about these things that I struggle with, with people that um, were similar to me and struggle with the same things and completely different things. But, you know, being allowed to completely be myself. And that turned into my support system, you know, choosing specific people that I felt supported by that I felt loved by that I felt, uh, you know, I could be myself around. How did you kind of go around that of pulling yourself from that, you know, very difficult spot to, you know, to to the next step? Uh, What were the first couple of steps? Where did you find that?
1: So, I don't know this sounds funny, but I started watching Orange is the New Black. <laughs> okay. And uh, when I started watching it, I realized that this is okay. Like, yeah. I mean, it's like prisoned around with a lot of like lesbians and all these things. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, this, like, there are things happening like that. It's not only me, women love, can love women. It's, it's a universally accepted concept. I mean, like, most people accept, I, I guess and uh, i started my instagram page okay uh, so i started writing poetry and all that and there's this girl from united kingdom uh contacted me and then later became a very good friend of mine uh, who's now my wife <laughs> by the way
0: <laughs> okay
1: <laughs> so like we started chatting and then calling each other uh, because funny thing that mental health is something i am not really keen on at that time because coming from immigrant background you don't really talk about mental health I don't know about other immigrants I can talk to for myself uh, you're supposed to be strong you're supposed to go for it you're supposed to be resilient you know all those words that are strong um, and you're not supposed to go and talk about your mental health to a doctor you then it's it's not a darn thing you are a weak weakling uh, yeah that's 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 what uh, in back of my mind. I can't really talk about this. And um, so I was talking to my uh, good friend then from United Kingdom, and uh, she's like, "You don't, you are not funny anymore. You used to laugh. Now you're not laughing anymore. Uh, you know, you are just not making any any funny comments about me. You know, I'm very very chatty person. I'm very opening, open up person. Yeah. Uh, she's like, you need to go and see a doctor. I'm like, are you crazy? I mean, like, why should I, I I feel fine. I mean, at this time I was working night shifts, going to university and going through this relationship trauma and everything. Like, but I, I, I I felt like, I don't know. I I don't know. I felt like zombie. I think at that time, I was just pressing, suppressing, suppressing. And because my good friend forced me to uh, do. I went and see my family doctor and he had this questionnaire and he was asking me questions and and I was just answering like tons of questions and he's like, um, Rashima, I think you have like mild depression yeah. at the time. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean? Do I have like have medication all my life? I don't want to do that. And he's like, um, you don't have to. It's just a temporary thing. It's like a chemical imbalance. Uh, yeah. it, it, it's nothing serious. It's just you are going through so many things right now and you feel numb. Uh, and it's, it's completely normal. Uh, you know, it's just perfectly all right. Uh, I, uh, one Another thing I couldn't talk to my support system here uh, is the fact that I had immigrant friends. Mm. I cannot really talk about my mental health with them. I cannot talk about my sexuality with them, so I was just them, just talking like daily things, but I I couldn't really open up myself, so I really was struggling to
0: yeah.
1: f- find my footing here and find uh, my people here.
0: Yeah.
1: Then uh, one of my uh, co- uh, classmates in school said, "There's this place called Center for Newcomers, mm. where there's this program for." Uh, LGBTQ folks, you you have to go there and talk to one of the counselors or something. Then I was like, shame, a shame. Like I had to book a counselor. Like, who are these? I have like out myself to this unknown man. And yeah, so anyway, after a lot of like forcing, I just looked up and okay, it's not far. I can go in the uh, C train. And I went there and there was this counsellor called Bourbon who's became a very good friend of mine. And uh, he's a, he's a teddy bear, he's like a you know, tall guy, a guy with like, you know, hugs. Yeah. And it was hug me. He said, welcome. You know, you are loved here. You, you are welcome. here." And that was the first time I felt, you know, my, I, I'm finding my switch, I'm finding my footing here. Uh, you know, I feel loved. Extent by the strange man. Yeah, you know that was a profound uh, moment. I would say in my life
0: for sure. And it's it's interesting how you know sometimes such a small gesture, when you look at it from you know um, you know removing yourself from it, um, Mm -hmm. a hug and saying you are welcome and you are loved can mean the whole world and is actually the biggest gesture that you could receive and you know those small little things can mean so much to people and that's huge and you know talking about something that you brought up of that idea if you need help if you need to see a therapist or a counselor or a doctor that you are weak and yeah I can't I can't speak for the immigrant side of things but I definitely felt that for myself as well of you know, I need to be fine. I need to be okay. I need to be strong. I need to be the emotional rock. I can't show sadness. I can't show that I'm struggling. I can't show, you know, quote unquote, weakness. And Mm -hmm. for me, it's been changing that conversation for myself a lot of what I go back down to is true strength is being able to show that you have weaknesses that you, that you do struggle with things and that's okay. And that doesn't make me any less of a person. And I can work through those. I will work through those. And sometimes I'm going to need the help and that's okay too. And stepping into those and owning those was such a foreign concept to me, um, especially as a man for myself, that was very, very tough.
1: Mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, we live in a world that, you know, such toxic positivity and everything's fine, you know, like a rosy glasses and all that, but life is more than that we have our vulnerabilities and that makes us stronger because we remember our past and how vulnerable and sad we were. We were and now we can, we have that experience and it, we can uh, see somebody who needs us right now and give that safety to them and that love and kindness that we, we had or didn't have at that whatever point in our lives.
0: For sure. And so, have you have you come up to your family now? Yes. Can are you okay talking about that and that yes, experience how it came about? Yeah.
1: Definitely. So, my good friend in the United Kingdom. So we become really close, and uh, I sort of realized that I was in a really toxic relationship before before uh, starting a relationship with. Uh, I ended the relationship with my ex girlfriend because it's it's. Too much for me to handle and it's going nowhere and it's toxic for me. I realized that it's toxic for me and I realized that I have to put myself first. And the girl from the United Kingdom uh, was wanting to put myself first in her world and giving me her everything and so when I started the relationship around 2018, beginning of 2018, I told, called my mother and I said, I said, I'm not the person you thought I was, I'm not into men, this is who I am and I have a girlfriend now. I know it's too much to handle now, but I have to say this, I'm done living a lie anymore. I don't want to be in a closet or hiding myself. It's, it's over and done with um and she cried my mother cried and cried and cried and cried and cried for months yeah i don't want to hear about your girlfriend i don't want to hear about anything i'm talking to you because you are my daughter and that's it and i'm like okay this is going to be my life okay i'm ready for it but uh now like my mother sent gifts to my wife now so it's uh, really good uh but my father i still have uh, i'm struggling with um i came out to him uh, like in 2019 or something because he's too sensitive. I didn't want to like give it all at the same time. Um, And he was really disappointed in me and he still is. And we had such a great relationship with uh, each other. We were like buddies, I was his wing woman, you know, like we do things with my, my father has two daughters, me and my sister, so he never had a son. So I'm the son he never had. But he never said that out loud, but I was always like there for him. Uh, he's utterly disappointed in me. Uh, and I recently like told about my partner and everything and he is just sort of oblivious. He doesn't want to hear about it, which is really hurting me uh, because I want to, I want their love and acceptance. Uh, my mother is willing to you know go beyond those norms and everything because she loves me and she won the best for me and she knows my partner is doing that for me she left her country and her everything and she's living with me like we got married in 2018 and you know like it's all that but i mean uh, my father is not willing to forgive me i would say and um I'm not regretting that. I'm not regretting coming out to them. I just want this lie to be over. It's like a, like a nightmare before that. Never. And it's like a groundhog day. Every day is like tre- treacherous. Uh, but yeah, that's my reality right now. I'm, I'm with a wonderful woman and I'm truly happy to have such a supporting partner. Um, and the, they have to just get over it. I, I think <laughs> whoever it is, because this is who I am, and I'm so proud to be who I am. And I'm, I have found the switch, and I have put myself first. And I'm so I'm like always pat, you know, pat on my back, like good on you. Uh, and that I did for myself. Nobody could do it for me. I had to f- find the right time, right words, right space and come out and do that for me. And there's a time and place for everybody. So yeah, it's it's a long process. It takes time. It takes, I don't know, it takes a lot of lot, lot from you. But at the end of the day, I think you feel so much at peace.
0: Yeah, Of I, I don't know if it feels like this, but instead of the constant pressure, the constant hiding, uh, the constant, lying and you know not truly being yourself I can only imagine how heavy that becomes and how how hard that is and even though it you know wasn't necessarily accepted right away would it be fair to say it was still like you have still you feel lighter now you feel better now even though it's still hard it's hard in a different way Um, how do you think about that like how can you put words to, to the difference now between, you know, the different loads and the different struggles that you faced before and after you came out?
1: Mm -hmm. So before, like uh, when I was back home, let's say I want to kiss my ex-girlfriend and we had to go and hide in the kitchen or something like in the office uh, and have like, make sure that nobody's watching. Otherwise I'll be like, your life would be over. Yeah. Can't hold hands. You'll be I don't know what's going to happen. I, I never held hands in the public. You can't go places. People look at you two girls are like close to each other. What's going on here? Like here in middle of Calgary in sea trains, I just hold hand with my partner. We kissed whenever we want. Like and I never thought I'll get married. I'll have like a partner to be there for me. Who's like for me, like who's nobody else's I, I didn't have to take perp like I didn't have to make sure nobody's at home or, you know like I'm so free yeah and I go like when I finish this conversation I can go upstairs and I can just kiss her and shes just said there she's not going anywhere you know that feeling that there's somebody for you there's who's yours uh, you know like it's such a great feeling and you are living a normal life It doesn't matter you are heterosexual whom you know lesbian gay that's the partner you are living your life with. And that's a relationship that you are having. doesn't matter you are a man who loves a man or a woman who loves a man or whatever, that's a relationship. And I have a great relationship with my partner and somebody to love and be loved. I think that's the best thing in the world.
0: That's amazing. And now you're helping others come out, is that correct?
1: That's true.
0: And so, Talk a little bit about that, of how you do it, what made you, what called you to start doing that, um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe some of the experiences, kind of, you know, just just any, any sort of context around it. Um, I'd love to hear more about that.
1: Definitely. So, um, I was coming out and I was just seeing how difficult it is for people to come out. Uh, especially with the conflicts and the struggles with their families. I've seen that with my friends, you know, people whom I know um, that when they come out that uh, sometimes they have to see that, that they have to have like a relationship with their families gone uh, because of the faith or because of the beliefs or whatever community, or I don't know what it is, but different reasons. And I've realized that this is my story. You know, they are living my story. And that's where I wanted to do something for them and I started uh, sort of like a guidance uh, or some consultation I would say. It's called Dilipani. Uh, Dilipani is my middle name. Uh, in my language that means guiding lamp, guiding light. Um, I, when I was coming out I didn't have that except for Bobin, I would say. I didn't have somebody to hold my hand and say, everything's going to be okay. You know, you are fine. You are loved and understood and you are okay. There's nothing wrong with you. There was not very many people were there to tell that to me. Uh, I remember, you know, some of my immigrant friends were praying for me when I came out to them. You know, there's something wrong with me. You know, you're possessed by devil or whatever, right? And I wanted that, to be like erased, Uh, I I just wanted to write a new story. And that's where my Dilipani uh, comes and say, it's okay. You know, I'm here to give you the guidance and to bridge the gap between you and your family. That's where the Dilipani, uh, there's a website called uh, www.dilipani.com. So, and there's an Instagram page, Dilipani Your Guiding Light, Uh, Facebook page, emails or whatever way, they want to connect with me. I'm, I'm there to support them when like timing is for them. They had to figure out what's a good time for them, but to make them feel that it's okay. You are not like weird, as I thought that you are not an outsider. You are a normal, healthy, lovely person. Uh, I just want to spread that word.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I think that's, that's so true, right? You're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. There's,
1: mm-hmm.
0: It's not the stories that you've been told your whole life. You don't need to be cured. Um, that's huge. And, you know, I'm curious to how much, or if Amy, because I don't know, do you, you know, how much work do you do with families of people that are coming out or, you know, even just taking it the way of if somebody listening here has, you know, a friend or a relative, a child, whatever it might be that Mm -hmm. has recently come out and they're, they're struggling with it, but they want to support. What have you kind of seen on the people around someone who comes out, you know, what can they do to support that person? What can they do to support themselves? Um, And any just kind of perspective that you can share on on the people around that person
1: so let's say I'm i just came out and i have nobody and one only one friend knows that i'm a lesbian okay and so you are my friend so what are you gonna do so you i would say just listen and love me unconditionally and that's it that's all I, I wanted. That's all that person who just came out. They're scared. They are lonely. They are vulnerable. They are between like a rock bottom and like hard place. You know, they are like in such a, such a delicate situation. And they are all over the place. They just want somebody to hold their hand and say, everything's going to be fine. You don't have to say many words. Just be there for them. That's all they want. And when they are ready, they'll go for the next steps. Like, you know, maybe, you know, talk to their parents or talk to the brother or whatever that next step would be for them. And uh, you can't rush it. You can't, you know, do anything about it. Just be there for them. That's that's what they want. That's what I would have wanted.
0: Yeah, that's huge. And it makes, it can make such a big difference just knowing that you have someone there for you and someone Mm -hmm. that you can trust and somebody like you said, that loves you unconditionally. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I know that you do a little bit of work with the uh, Calgary Police Service, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit? How that came about and what specifically you do there?
1: Yes. So I uh, work at Calgary Police uh, Diversity uh, Unit has like a, what do you call it, uh, gender and sexual diversity advisory board. So uh, I remember uh, Constable Diana McElroy uh, is the one who's in the coordinator for that. And I remember meeting her like four years ago or something in, in one of the workshops. And I, I sort of told my story in that workshop and she she came and talked to me and um, she, wanted me, uh, she wanted me to be part of that uh, advisory board. That was like four years ago and I was not ready. And I said, I talked to her, but I was like, I, I was not even out to my parents at that time. So I, I was not like very like, not feeling great about it. And um, I think six months ago or something, I uh, called and I said, I'm ready now, you know? And she's like, yeah, oh, we got an opening now. Why don't you just join us? And then I went through the interview process and they thought I, would, I was a good candidate. So what we do, we work closely with Calgary police uh, and we sort of help them out because there's such, they, uh, the society or the community thinks the police is, is like a place of like power and they won't understand, uh, you know, sexual minorities, diversity and things like that. We, we are changing that uh, norm, what people think. So there are like uh, eight, 10 people in the board and we sort of help them out, figure things out, uh, working closely with uh, diverse groups, um, such a great initiative. Uh, yeah, I'm very uh, proud to be part of that. And I'm also pr- part of uh, Calgary Outlink. Okay. Uh, they uh, actually uh, invited me to be part of their board. So Calgary Outlink has b- been in Calgary for like ni- from, since 1970s. Uh, 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 okay. So they are working closely with, uh, again, uh, you know, LGBTQ2S plus community. So uh, very happy to be there and doing that good work. Uh, I'm pretty new in the board. I just uh, started last month, but uh, very happy and glad to be part of that.
0: That's that's so amazing and so important to have those initiatives to, you know, um, yeah. Again, almost just bring them to light. That's a big one for me is mm-hmm. talking about them, working with them. Um, you know, not keeping them in the dark, not hiding these issues um, mm-hmm. and confronting them. So it's just Sorry. amazing to hear um you know as as we kind of wrap up here i'm curious is there anything that we didn't get to talk about that you wanted to bring up or um anything like that
1: yeah i just wanted to uh, reiterate about my service because uh, i'm sure if even one person who's listening to this podcast uh, want to talk to me get you know chat with me uh, you can uh, go to www.dilipani.com uh, and then you know, all the details are there, or you can email me, uh, dilipani light at gmail.com, or you can go to Instagram, uh, dilipani, your guiding light. Uh, that's my handle. And there's Facebook called dilipani. So many ways to get connected. And I, I want to be that guiding light, the supportive uh, person for you, the safe person that you always wanted, uh, because I didn't really have one. So I want to be that person, uh, support you in your vulnerable time. Uh, I was being there. I was in that uh, not so great place. And I know everybody's experience is different, but uh, with my uh, experience and what I've gone through in life, um, I, I, I know everything's going to be all right, but it'll take some time. Uh, just want you to, uh, just want whoever's listening, uh, I want you to uh, know everything's going to be fine. You know, you are going to be fine. You're going to get love. You're going to find love. Everything's going to be fine. Just, just that my like last word that um, just take it easy. You know, be be kind to yourself.
0: That's amazing, and I'll make sure that I put all those in the show notes so that people can find you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just wanted to say, and I wanted to thank you for your open openness and honesty and vulnerability. Uh, you know, talking about things that are you know as close to you as as you can get mm-hmm. and um so i just wanted to thank you for that and the final question that i that i ask everybody um is what does this next phase in your journey look like and you can take that professionally personally kind of wherever you want to go with it but what does this does this next phase of your journey look like
1: the next phase uh is i want to uh... Get my mother's jewelry back (laughs) it's been long over here five years now i i travel every day uh but yeah i just wanted want to uh build my name uh the supporting person if you want to get supported Dilipani is your person i want to build that name and uh, just be that safe person that's my ultimate goal in life you know, it's, it's not really easy to be that uh, a safe person, uh, but I just want to be that person. Yeah. That's my goal.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much again. Um, thank you for being on. And uh, again, yeah, just thank you.
1: Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure talking to you.
0: Thanks for listening to the podcast. We'd love to hear any feedback that you have through Instagram at Jared Salikin or by email jared at jaredsalikin.com as well as it really would mean the world to me if you liked and subscribed to the podcast thanks so much